0: Welcome to Transformers, the podcast about how business people and policymakers are creating a sustainable future. I'm your host, Kai Embren. My guest today is Cori Aina Eich. Cori has dedicated her life to bridging the worlds of the United Nations global markets and cities and has worked to establish several UN and international programs for sustainable cities, amongst them United Smart Cities and United for Smart and Sustainable Cities Implementation Program. She has uh, past eight years been acting Secretary General of the Organization for International Economic Relations and now also leads a sister organization United Cities and the United Cities Fund jointly set up together with the SDG Impact Fund with the aim to uplift 10,000 cities with resources and methods to achieve the SDGs. She is on the board of the Global Council for SDG 11 Sustainable Cities and Communities and is the Vice Chair of the ITU, the International Telecommunication Union focus group on environmental efficiency for artificial intelligence and emerging technologies. She lectures at Harvard School of Design, the executive program Net Zero Cities and lives and works from Vienna. Welcome to Transformers, Kari. Thank you so much. We are now in the time of the COP27 conference in Egypt. Warnings are there with uh, 3.5 degrees Celsius scenarios. And uh, all around the world we see now how catastrophic climate change is. Cities generate 70% of our global greenhouse gas emissions and today 56% of the world's population, 4.5 billion lives in cities. This trend is expected to continue, and nearly 7 to 10 people will live in cities 2050. And a recent study from Yale and Nanjing University show that urban areas are warming quicker than rural areas by 29%. So, Kari, with your perspective of the role of cities, will they or can they deliver in line of the Paris Agreement?
1: If you ask me now and how we are set up now, it would be a definitely no, not able to achieve the not the Paris Agreement, but also the Sustainable Development Goals. And that's for me, uh, on one uh, clear view of of the methods of because we're not using the same method, we are using uh, all different methods, we are not going in the same direction. And we have this uh, framework that we are supposed to have as uh, I would say guiding principles to the SDGs and also the Paris Agreement. But uh, we are still struggling to make a systematic method to really bring forward uh, this uh, scaled approach because that's what really we're talking about. We need to be much, much stricter in walking the talk here and what we want to achieve.
0: We know that uh, the Paris Agreement is a sign up from nations and uh, uh, one of the key uh, elements or methods in the Paris Agreement is the national action plans, the NDCs. Um, And the nation have to plan for their higher ambitions, national uh, actions. And uh, can you understand how, how the cities can push the nation to reach higher ambitions?
1: that's what we see around the world that, you know, you need the top down, but also bottom up approach to be able to achieve this, uh, these disagreements and these targets. And I, I see that um, there, is a, there is a lot of movement in cities around the world. There's a lot of incredible work happening. Uh, it's just not to put the pieces together and, and uh, share more of this experience between cities. But I think that's exactly the possibility we have. to to achieve those those targets, to work with cities and cities taking the lead. Because a lot of the national systems and a lot of the institutions that we have today, I think that's one of our biggest hurdles to be able to achieve these targets is our institutions and structures. Of course we need that, but now we need to really rethink how these structures are really facilitating such targets and some such ambitions and and such, uh, such goals, which we need to have. So I think uh, what we see here, I mean, I've been also working very much in Norway in the past year, is that actually cities really taking the lead on uh, pushing methods for achieving the the targets here. And uh, yeah, I think that's the way also forward.
0: Well, uh, let us go into the work you are doing and, and see if we can get some examples. You you named Norway here and then uh, uh, give us an insight of uh, some of the work you are doing to give advice and help cities to be really change makers.
1: From my own experience, I mean, for the past 10 years working on cities and, and having the sustainable development goal coming in 2015, and how can we hands on work on uh, those key elements because it's also very easy to get lost (laughs) in all the things that needs to happen. So we have been focusing on, I would say, three main elements that we think is the key to achieve these targets and these goals. And that is, first of all, we need to really know where we are to know where we're going. And it's, uh, I would say, uh, you know, to use the the blunt term of it's scary uh, where we are today in terms of knowing exactly what, what, uh what, where we are today, but also what do we need, where do we need to be in 2030? Uh, so everything we do is to gather those facts that is already on the table, because it's not like it's not there. It's, you know, in some places of the world, of course, there needs to be some serious capacity building on data management and data collection, and we need to support those processes. But basically in most places around the world, There is data and there is so much data that we're not using. If we would use this data for good and for really putting this into a process, we would basically have everything we need. So it's, first of all, using data and facts. And we have also through the UN programs like the u 4 sc program, which has done an incredible job developing a method for collecting uh, data. So it's a KPI set for smart, sustainable cities that we've been working with for many, many years. Uh, it's, it's also these type of tools, and there's many organizations who've done enough job in, in setting standards and, and KPIs, developing KPIs for smart sustainable cities, but we need to now really start to use them. And in large scale, we need to have you know cities on, in every country, in. we need regions in small and big cities in, into this mix. So that's the number one, data and facts and everything we do is based on that. The second is we need to start to use these technologies we have available to make this data uh, useful for us and also understandable. So we work very much with different uh, technology providers, platforms like uh, simulations of city digital twins. There is a lot of incredible tools that can uh, de-risk a lot of those, I would say decisions, but also make it very, very clear what what is the priorities here. And it's also incredible engagement tools because the more we can transparently share the more our population would understand, uh, you know, we need to do some different decisions in the future. So the second is really using technology. And the third is also using this technology for, I would say, scale up the financial flow, really to bridge the, the financials, all the, the available resources and bring them into the concrete projects, really make these projects bankable and support cities in in bringing resources into their cities. because. To achieve the, the SDGs and, the, and the, the Paris Agreement, you need really different, uh, not just financial tools, but also uh, totally different, um, you need to mix and match these different types of financial possibilities we have. So in those three uh, categories we're working, but also then around that capacity building and sharing, because we, we think we share, we really don't share very much of those type of methods. Uh, so that's all in here. And we've been testing this out in many, many countries and cities in the past years. And, and as I, said, I was mentioning Norway now, this is a big hub for, for also our programs, bringing cities together and, and cities in Norway and communities are, are doing an incredible job. But also we work in many other countries like Lebanon and African countries, Asian countries. And it's also been a very interesting, I would say the last years to test out the methods and to see the geographical differences. but. I always say, people ask me, you cannot compare and do the same method in a, in a large city in, in Europe and then maybe a small community in Brazil. But I would say that there is more commonalities than there is differences.
0: Let's come back to Norway. I would like to ask you a little bit more about uh, Trondheim and what you're doing there. But uh, first, uh, if you look at this, what you say, it's uh, the data, the IT, the finance issues, uh, how much is innovation in this process?
1: I think that's crucial, uh, the innovation part of that. And I am always saying that, you know, it's probably, it's already here. Uh, It's probably been invented. There's probably been this innovation, but it's not really been brought into scale, right? So I think uh, it's, it's crossed the line of all the different areas that we're working on in cities, but you need to always bring that aspect into the mix here. But our, I think our biggest challenge is to make it known that we have this possibility, and how do you then scale it and adapt it to the different cities that we are in.
0: Well, what are you doing in Trollheim?
1: Yeah, uh, Trondheim is a city, uh, I would say mid-Norway, uh, it's, the, it's the third largest city in Norway, and uh, this, uh, we've, they've been very much advanced on implementing SDGs, having had incredible projects, also in a cooperation with international cities, uh, working to see how they can develop uh, 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 positive energy-positive cities, for example. This is a large EU project that they've been involved in, together with five other cities in Europe. But uh, they are also university cities, so work very close with the NTNU, the Norwegian Technical University, and have a very, very, uh, I would say, advanced programs on smart city and, and other related elements to, to implementing SDGs. And also in the past years, uh, Trondheim has had a UN center linked to the United Nations Economic Commission for Europe, where they've also been working to, to I would say more spread, spread those methods. Uh, and the, the, uh, the knowledge and, and experience from Trondheim to cities all around Europe. So it's a, it's a very leaning forward city in terms of SDGs and I would say in Norway as such is really one of the leading cities, but there's several really good hubs uh, around Norway who is doing incredible work and, and I said it, it's fine that Norwegian cities are are getting closer to the targets but if they don't share it uh, then uh, you know we are as far so now i think the norwegian cities are also very very interested in sharing their experience and Mm. seeing how they can support others
0: well uh, one of the issues how a municipality is structured and you have Politician who uh, take decision on policy and implementation structure, and we can also call it a governance issues. Is the issue of governance uh, important in this process of change?
1: Yeah, the, the whole process of governance and leadership as such, right? And how we we on which basis do we make decisions? In, in which basis do we equip our decision makers to make those decisions that needs to be taken? I think the the whole thing I, I think for achieving the sustainable development goals or or the Paris agreements, we need a very, I would say, rethink uh, of how these governance processes are set up to to speed up the process. It will not be business as usual. And and we've been testing different methods here because what you need is not just um, You need a new type of, I would not say use the word institution, but a new type of arena where you can bring those stakeholders to the table and I, I remember I've been in so many meetings with mayors around the world, and they say, "You know, there's coming this innovation, the new this technology, then the company's knocking on my door." And they want to sell this technology to the cities, but, you know, it needs to be integrated in the system, right? The, the cities has a lot of, it, it will never work this way. So you need to work together in a new way and you need to be at the table. The, of course, the, the government, the local government or, or the, the decision makers on the public sector, but then also the private sector and the, the financial institution, but also the other, the, the academia, uh, other, uh, I would say, supporting elements around this uh, ecosystem. So it's um, it needs a new type of, of arena and we think this is labs. This is our concept that we set up labs and bring all these elements, are like a facilitating hand to bring those elements together around a table as a neutral partner. And I think that's also really what the UN is aiming to do, uh, UN Habitat and others, to be a neutral hand, invisible hand in this, to bring those stakeholders together to really start to to look into a, a common method for this.
0: Is that what you call system change uh, in practice? Is that what you're doing?
1: That's exactly what I'm thinking of, because that's that's really what is needed. It is a s- system change.
0: Well, do we have enough with the bold leadership from the political parties in municipalities?
1: Uh, if that's enough? No, I don't think so. I think we need to as equip those leaders that we have better. And I think tools like, for example, Digital Twins, where you immediately you walk into a room, you you can see the whole, your whole city in front of you. You can see, okay, this decision will lead to this, and this will lead to this, without maybe reading thousands of pages of document. I mean, this this in itself will speed up the planning process and a lot of these decision making processes. But I think it it's uh, it needs more. It needs leadership as a leadership development across all sectors, public and private sector. Uh, I mean, we work a lot with with the private sector, and there is fantastic, uh, I would say leading stars among the businesses in terms of thinking really at the core, bringing the sustainability aspect into the core of the business, but it's not enough, right? And it it needs to be really an understanding that without really 100% thinking in these terms and in, in the sustainable, I would say, atmosphere, uh, you will also not have a business in a few years because it's not going to be something that uh, people would like to be involved in.
0: That is one question around the political leadership and maybe more bold leadership. uh, But also civil servant in in the municipality, do they have the right tool to change and the rights to change and work cross-border?
1: I don't, what I what I have seen also through through my experience is that there is uh, it's, now it's only individuals right you have individuals in those as public service that is really dedicated and is doing incredible you know work within their you know municipalities but it's not the the competence or I would say the knowledge truly the knowledge, and how do you integrate this into to your area? I mean, take, for example, procurement. I think procurement is one of those areas that is, will be the most important to do really radical changes in, in how we do procurement. And of course, uh, uh, public sector is massively you know, important in terms of procure, procuring a lot of those solutions into the cities, right? and uh, they need to know uh, what is there what is available and then you immediately come into to compliance issues because you know the the you know you cannot you know even om- almost talk so close to the businesses so it's it's the whole system here is is not set up right to to speed up that process so even though in, for example, here in the Nordics, I would say in the, in the framework that you should you know, look into more sustainable solutions, procure this and that, there's more uh, you know, requirements now that it's stricter, it's not really happening yet. And, and, and now in 2022, and it's on such a small scale that this is really taking into full consideration because in the end then, you know, very often it ends on price, right? So the, the company winning on price, right, instead of having maybe the most environmental friendly, you know, solution into the mix here. So we, we need more confidence amongst public servants and to be part of this, I would say, the wave of, of sustainable, uh, you know, actions and solutions. And that, that requires cross-cut, uh, you know, lift of the whole uh, knowledge uh, within in the public sector.
0: You named earlier also the question of finance. The, the Nordic countries has a very much of a local decision rights on taxation of the, the citizens and the independency of uh, decision-making in the budget process. Is that something important for for a municipality to have the, the rights to take decision on taxation and financing issues, uh, go outside the box and talk with the businesses also as a part of finance tools in or implementation of action in the local municipality?
1: Where we are today in 2022 and where we are at this moment, uh, we need a much, I would say, um, we need national really guidelines on this, right? And national mandatory, uh, I would say, structures for this. That could be implemented at the local level, right? Or should be, of course, implemented at the local level. But uh, I think we will be much—that's uh, that, why we can also be much quicker. If every municipality would do different and have different rules for this and that, I think this would prevent us to scale those solutions quicker, you know, across the board. Because we, what I, I we would like to do now is really we find a solution we want to scale it not in, in three cities but in 300 immediately right and then you need uh, you know a lot of the same you know frameworks and and i think some of the uh, i mean for investors specifically right and i mean i, I know the question was no more on, on citizens itself but if you talk about uh, investors, foreign investors coming into m- municipalities and and helping setting up those infrastructure, for example, it needs to be very uh, predictable. What is there uh, in terms of of framework, as you know? So uh, and we see examples of that all the time. That this the national governments are changing the frameworks, right? So this changes really a lot on on. Uh, I would say for the the foreign investors, and this is, of course, you you just need to avoid as much as possible, especially now in the next years, if you want to scale in terms of uh, sustainable solutions, these type of more new sectors coming up.
0: Mm -hmm. The financing sector also, if you have uh, the traditional culture of of a budget in the municipality, uh, and then you and the uh, investors who would like to help in, in the, the local municipalities financing system. Uh, then it comes to question of democracy and then how you use budget as a steering instrument for development. But does it, doesn't it need, isn't that the need of uh, sort of new views of, of how you finance system locally?
1: Yeah, I think we need to, uh, I mean, first of all, on, on the financial, uh, I would say capabilities of the cities is very varied around the world. Uh, there is, um, you know, the, the, because the, the knowledge of even what type of investor or what type of funding is available, I mean, it's even lacking at this level, Right. Uh, for especially for smaller cities and municipalities, I mean, h- how how can they have uh, capacity to to follow? And it, because this also the landscape is is uh, is changing quick, right? Uh, so we need to facilitate this for the municipalities and and cities to 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 know what is really available, right? But then it's also the the next step. How do you actually make your project? Uh, I would say de-risk your projects uh, that you get the trust. From investors and the financial, uh, uh, I would say, partners into the mix here. And, and I think so much has been done wrong in terms of this trust. Because I, I was just, I came just from a call earlier today, and the, the, they were talking about the trillions that is parked somewhere, not finding the projects, right? Um, because it's, uh, there's a massive lack of uh, I would say, it's not just the trust, it's really the whole system uh that it's not you know ready for for also for the for the the funding in here or the financial aspects of it. Mm-hmm. Do so, you think
0: that the pension funds or green bonds uh, can uh, be uh, interesting for municipalities in a higher level than it is today?
1: I think so. if we we look at it as a re- on a regional basis, you know and, and that's also for for larger uh, finan- other financial institution, it needs to be scale on these things, right? There needs to be predictability. So we need to bundle those projects and that's what we want to do now with the cities and not saying, you know, here you have three cities who needs renewable energy uh, systems uh, as we work on now in Lebanon, for example. I mean, of course, the whole country needs uh, energy system but uh, you need to look at the whole region. So look at the whole, you know, several countries in the Middle East and look at hundred cities and who would need the same investment into a certain technology, then it will be interesting. And you need to work with UN agencies and order to uh, get the information, the data available, de-risk those things, and also bring around uh, capacity and knowledge to those stakeholders. So you, you are talking at the same level. Because that's what's uh, missing now. It's uh, it's the communication, really. The communication is missing, but also the the very concrete systems to to bring these things together.
0: I've been looking at uh, one city in Sweden that um, also early was an early adapter of uh, a strategy on on climate change and promised 1990s to be fossil free, and now they are going. Uh, for a target of Fossil Free 2030. And they were very uh, demanding on on local decision-making rights Uh, because if they didn't have the rights to take their own decision, they thought the process has been so much slower. They didn't refuse to have interaction with the national level. Do you think this type of thinking will help us to speed up and scale up?
1: I think so, because I, I think you need those leading stars of those cities who want to move quicker, and that would be the best example for a lot of the other cities. So I think absolutely that that's, uh, that's a positive, that we give those forerunners the possibility to be forerunners. Uh, and whatever the, the national state can facilitate for those forerunners to, to lead the way, because they will be much always much more quicker than the national government uh, will be able to to facilitate these things and you know we um you know we've been in i would say in a pilot sickness for the last 10 years there's always a pilot uh, but i think now there's also been tested so much uh, i've seen in cities not just in sweden but like in so many uh, cities uh, i uh, that it's it's time to spread those messages out and and, and give be more than a pilot yeah and scale it also to to other municipalities within your own country.
0: What's the next step for networking between cities?
1: I think we we need the networks more than ever. I think that's the, that's the whole you know it's not the solution, but it, it's part of the solution. But we need to work differently within these networks. Uh, and with that, I mean, I think one of the first thing these networks should do, and that is the cities, uh, to sit together and decide on, on a very, very concrete uh, step-by-step approach on, on uh, what is needed now in those cities. And um, so everybody doing great things uh, on their own, but it's, uh, it's not coordinated. And of course, you know, thinking about the global coordinations of network, I think it's absolutely possible. If you look into the global networks and then add in you know, regional networks and also national networks, you cover a lot, right? And there is a lot of, I would say, you know, there is events as we have now at COP and, and all these things, but it's, um, it's the in-between. How do we actually bring these elements together and agree on a method? We need to agree on a method.
0: Mm. And the issue of uh, global governance—is that the
1: part of this? I I think this is this is coming top uh, down and, and bottom up. It's on all absolutely on all level uh, of governance. And I think you know I always get so much uh, questions related to the United Nations and the United Nations role. And I think there is has never been more a need of a global organization with the vision and the, I would say, the mission of the United Nations, But we need a new type of uh, global governance body uh, to, to be able to handle those challenges that we are facing today. Because it's not set up for that. As, as little as a, a national government is set up to really deal with these challenges, also that's the same at the global level.
0: Let us talk a little bit more about leadership. Uh, we touched that issue a little bit earlier. and uh, uh, if you look at uh, the young generation and, and think about uh, the advice you can give a young person that would like to be a change maker and a leader in the city's work for fight climate change and support sustainability agenda, what is the advice that you would like to give to the young people of today's societies?
1: First, I want to say, uh, don't give up on us, (laughs) on the leaders today and and people that is, uh, you know, trying now to to do this change, because I think that's the first thing I see. I have my own, you know, my own children, too. You know, it's like, does it even matter? Uh, You know, can we actually turn this around? Right. This is, I mean, some of the key questions that young people are, I would say, really used to word struggling with uh, at the moment. Uh, But I think to engage now, really engage with uh, in your local community, because there is so many things you can uh, and and groups now surrounding those topics, if it's on climate or the SDGs or what this is, and together with the municipalities, I think I would bring myself as close as possible into that uh, equation with, with, uh, with the municipalities and see how you can contribute. And of course... The more knowledge, the better, right, on, on what is possible here. We have also here in, in the whole United City uh, internship program now with uh, young people from all over the world uh, that is now being sk- skilled and trained in this method, really using those, as I said, these three elements of how we can use data, tech and financing in, in more innovative ways. And and hopefully they will also go back to their countries and, and uh, spread these measures uh, further. But I think uh, it's essential now to, to be active in it and not give up before we we you know have seen that it's possible. And and you know I'm a you know born optimist in this. I think it is possible to turn it around. I think we can turn it around in the next 10 years, but it's most people I think cannot even see uh what this would mean. Uh as we the trajectory now, it's of course not possible.
0: Do you see any? young people around you that go into politics because we see that you need new influence in the political sector for good policy making are the interest in the politics of the work of climate change
1: i think uh, that's for sure a lacking area in, in the whole here and i think that's also why it's so critical uh because we we need politicians with really skilled you know, and a lot of knowledge in, in these topics to be able to, to do this transformation. I think it's been, it's been lagging behind a lot, uh, but I think uh, in the next years to come, it requires a new type of leadership. And I, I really, really hope that we have young, ambitious leaders with the right mindset now coming into the different political parties and can support this uh, transition.
0: So when you look at your own leadership under the years, uh, what is the lesson learned?
1: I mean, as a, as one person, you can only do as much, right? But if you can at least uh, be a motivation for uh, you know doing more, I think that's that's always been my ambition to to do whatever I can and to to bring like minded uh, into you know my equation and around my me to see. You know, how can we contribute and, and make a difference into this it's all about teams it's all about motivated human beings who would like to you know be part of something more than uh, themselves or more than just uh, one job uh, so that's that's what also drives me in, in all of this and to see that we can have some impact as a woman I mean, for sure, we need a better uh, you know, balance here because I think uh, women and men bring different uh, qualities to the table. Um, but uh, as such, uh, I think it's quite, uh, you know, it's very, very good male leaders and, and good female leaders. And uh, we need to bring those further up so we can uh, yeah, get you know, better decisions globally.
0: Let's go to the, one of my final questions for you, Kari. And, uh, and let's go back where we started this talk, uh, the COP27 conference in Egypt, and you're going to be there. The Nordic countries and cities have uh, been working very ambitious. What do you think the Nordic countries can do uh, in Egypt and what could they deliver uh, for the global society?
1: We are going to showcase uh, some of this work that's been happening in Scandinavia very very concretely now together with solution providers and financing investors we we work also very close with KPMG so we are having joint events in in COP27 with of course uh, also a lot of uh, input yeah from the Nordics but I think it needs to be much more more focused uh, at the COPs on uh, on cities roles and and how we can uh, have cities being the the you know really the forerunners in there and see what they're actually doing uh, and this is cross cutting not just cop it's it's on a lot of these global arenas um, because it's like cities talking to cities, but you know we need cities talking to the financial uh, institutions cities talking to the solution providers in a in a much more uh, scalable version uh, not just this uh, inside information meetings where we're talking to to like-minded or like uh, you know working in the same area has been very much you know it's it's the national states that is in in focus of course representing its cities Uh, but i think now it's the time to maybe turn it upside down and get cities to to run this because i think that's the only way we're going to get speed into the process of achieving our environmental targets and uh, our sustainable development goals
0: so will we see a new Arab, Egypt, or African Spring in Egypt now.
1: In every region of the world, there is, uh, you know, a lot to do and a lot of good cities and got a lot of work that needs to be spread out to others. So, but uh, hopefully this would be uh, a good result out of this COP, but also then in, in next year's COP in in Dubai.
0: It was very nice to have you here in Transformers, Kari, and thank you very much for the dialogue today and I hope that uh, your travel to Egypt will be successful and get more inspiration for drive change. Thank you very much, Kari.
1: Thank you so much, Kai. Very nice to be here.
0: I'm Kai Embren. Follow me on Twitter and LinkedIn, where I will be announcing the future guests to this podcast. And you can expect about two programs a month. And each guest has a unique story of making business and society sustainable. So find out more. Visit my homepage, kaiembran.org. Thank you for listening.